Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As we lit the fourth candle today, we spoke about the idea of hope, love and joy coming into um, hope, peace and joy coming into love. And I've always said that quite freely as I've lit the candle. And I sort of, that stuck out for me this week. I thought, well, what, what am I actually saying when I say that? And then I reflected on this reading and the words just seemed to stand out for me. We think about the hope that comes with God, the faithfulness of God when it comes to our hope. When we hope for something in God, it's not a forlorn hope because we have evidence that when God is with us, the hope that we feel in our heart that God will work in our lives is present. He worked for the nation of Israel. He worked for Abraham, Isaac, Moses and the nation of Israel. And I'm sure you've got examples in your life where you have hoped for something to eventuate in your faith journey and God has been present to that. And then we come to the idea of peace, the idea of peace surpassing all understanding because when we think of the faithfulness of our God, even in the moments when our lives are perturbed and going beyond crazy, somehow we seem to feel that God is with us. Somehow in those moments of chaos, God seems to be with us by our sides and seems to calm us down and allow us to move forward. And that idea of joy coming through the faithfulness of God. As I said in one of my previous recollections, happiness is not joy, but joy can give a lot of happiness. Because joy is that that feeling that you have that whilst things aren't going right in the moment and you might be getting results that that aren't going to make you happy, somehow you stay the journey, somehow you stick with the journey because inside you there is something in your spirit that makes you feel alive, makes you feel like, yes, I'm doing the Lord's work. There's something in there that you can't explain, but you know it just makes you feel right. And I know there was someone in the congregation that's felt a lot of joy just moving around collecting food for people, which I won't name, but they can share that story as we move forward. There was a lot of joy in this, in this week from people doing the food bank, from people coming to the Christmas lunch yesterday. And in all the circumstances that we had, whilst people weren't happy with the price of gas or electricity or how much money they've got left over each week, when we met in the hall yesterday and shared the Christmas lunch, I, everyone had a smile. Everyone loved being with each other. And so we come to this reading today, this reading where Mary is faced with this angel Gabriel coming down and sharing this message, how she is going to be the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's announced that, well, the child that you're going to have, Mary, that's going to be the Messiah in the world. That was the hope for the nation of Israel. They had hope that the Messiah would come. And all of a sudden, Mary who was somewhere between 13 and 17 years of age, had this angel telling her, well, not only are you going to have a child, you're going to have the child that is going to be known as the Son of God. And so the faithfulness of the Lord was revealed to her as in that she was part of the plan of releasing the Messiah into the world that we would have. And so there is an element of being filled with hope, knowing that 
she's going to allow the Messiah to come amongst us. In your lives, in your ministry, in your mission and in the things that you do, what is the hope that comes into your life? What are the words that God speaks to you each and every week or each and every day? Asking you to step up in a particular way, asking you to release his kingdom that allows someone else to have hope, that allows someone else to know that their life is not forlorn, that their life, that they are not forgotten, that they are not alone or they are not without Jesus in their life. What is that moment that happens for you? Do you recognise that moment? Do you actually accept that you are a person who is an agent of God to bring love to the lost, to bring recognition to the lonely, to allow those people around you to feel the presence of our Lord in their lives? Because you are that person. Every single one of us here comes to worship and be filled with the spirits and with spiritual food so that we can go out and be the face hands and feet of Christ to others. And then we come into the story where Mary hears this and she goes, well, how's that going to work? How, you're telling me that I'm, gonna, that I'm going to be the son of the Messiah and how does that sort of work? I don't, I don't understand that. And then Gabriel explains it. He shares the Holy Spirit will come down and you will conceive. In those moments where we are called to give hope to others, Sometimes we don't understand how we're going to do it. Sometimes I have promptings on my heart about doing things and moving forward in the spirit, in this parish, in my own family. Pardon me. But sometimes I have no idea how it's going to happen. And yet there is a peace inside me that allows me to know that God will be with me. Somehow I've got evidence and evidence and evidence that when I get to that point where I have to share a sermon or where I have to help someone or where I have to speak into a moment, somehow God is there for me through the Holy Spirit. And so I recognise that. And Mary's question about how will this be wasn't the same as Zachariah's question of how will it be. It wasn't a, well, no, God can't do this. She was just trying to understand the mechanics of it in in terms of the Greek language. It was more a, well, I don't really understand it. Not denying it, but just not understanding it. And so sometimes we need to go step outside the zone where we deny that God can work in our lives, but we need to affirm that God can work in our lives even when we don't have the roadmap on what we're doing in that moment. And then we finish up the reading with joy. That joy that says, well, let it be. Let me be that person to do it. Let me stand up for our Lord God. Let it be as you have said. And she doesn't do it. Oh, gee, well, look, I'm 13 and 13 to 17 years old. Oh, my parents will be angry. My, neighbor, my cousin, well, they'll just, they're just going to disown me. There's not a list of problems that come with it. There's not a list of reasons that she shouldn't do it. it there's, a, there's just a simple statement. Let it be in that moment of being faced with our Lord God and this proposition that she is the the mother of the Messiah, she gives consent and says, let it be. Sometimes when we are faced with those moments, we can go through and 
suppress our joy by coming up with all the reasons as to why we shouldn't do things, all the reasons that why we shouldn't try something new, why we shouldn't release the kingdom of God. I'm not good enough. They, they make me angry. I don't want to talk to them. I could, you could come up with a re- really long list of reasons as to why you shouldn't do your mission or ministry sometimes. But then there's one word you could also say, or one sentence that you could say, as Mary does. Let it be. Lord, just let it be. Let me be that person. Whatever the situation is, whatever difficulties I might face, let it be. And we say that this all goes, this this is all rolled up in the word love. In the word love that we use in today's passage and in most of the passages in the Bible, we're talking about agape love. And agape love is a costly love. It costs us. It costs us to minister into the world. It costs you your dignity at times. It costs you your ability to hold on to your pride. Sometimes you might have someone telling you a particular idea and you need to suppress that and just stay in the love of God and in the peace of Christ and keep ministering and keep sharing. In this case, it's going to cost Mary. She says, let it be, but her sense of love is... I need to do God's will at the expense of my own comfort. Whatever it's it's going to cost me after this moment, after I say let it be, whatever's going to happen between me and my family or between me and the community that surrounds me or whoever you could think of, I'm going to work through it, knowing that my Lord God is going to be faithfully by my side. And the thing that we also have to remember in this is that it is a costly love for Mary, but it is also a costly love for our Lord God. God wants his creation to prosper at the expense of his son's life. God wants us to be restored to him, into his glory, into the body in heaven, at the expense of his son's life. And for the rest of that, you'll have to come tonight. The Lord be with you. Amen. 